Five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Well, 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 here we go. Good Monday to you. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi in all 82 counties, your hometown heroes. It means somebody you can deal with face-to-face. They're right there in your hometown. And, you know, when things get shaky or tornado comes through or you know, worse. We hope not. But uh, the person that is dealing with your insurance claims and has your policies and knows the situation is right there in your hometown. It's one of the great things about Farm Bureau Insurance. Here on the show, we also stay connected to you because of another great Mississippi company, C Spire. Check them out, cspire.com. I've told you about the uh, C Spire Health app, cspirehealth.com. You get that because it's sure if, if you have something, you know, non corona related, uh, it sure is nice to be able to maybe talk to a medical professional without actually having to go into a doctor's office or go out there around a bunch of other people. So uh, that's one thing that app can help you with at cspirehealth.com. Check that out. Hello to everybody tuning in on the live streams as well on Facebook and Twitter. Hey to y'all. Hope you had a great weekend and hope your Monday is off to a good start like mine is and as beautiful as it is where I live. It is just a gorgeous day. It's supposed to have pretty weather today and tomorrow. Uh, so on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Hi to everyone tuning in, Joy and Joe and Anthony, everybody watching on Periscope Twitter. I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter. You'll see the link there on Periscope as well. Linda likes my hat. I'm wearing a nice, clean, relatively new retro hat. It says Bulldogs on the front, Mississippi State Bulldogs from uh, the Mississippi State University Golf Course, which, by the way, at Hale State GC on Twitter, they're supposed to open up this Wednesday. So if y'all have been waiting to order new new stuff, uh, then you'll be able to do that this week, hopefully when they get back open on Wednesday, barring something unforeseen. LaShawn on Facebook says, Hale State from Grenada. How about that? Everybody listening all over the state of Mississippi, whether it's online or on the radio, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN Radio, Jackson Central Mississippi, where Beaver is running the show. Beaver, I hope you had a great weekend. And scene. <laughs> He's there, I promise. Um, I'm getting your texts also. As usual, Ghost Pepper is first. I'm going to preview it first before I just spit it out there on the air. I've learned that uh, the hard way a couple of times. So y'all text me on the country pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. 885-ESPN. Text away country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast Made right here in Mississippi, packaged here, spices mixed daily, smoked right there uh, in the plant, at the plant in Florence uh, every day, and it is the best. 
you ought to do like me, and that is have like three different flavors at once in the fridge and just, you know, kind of mix it up in a new flavor each day. That's what I do. And also, I've got the phone line open to you. I'd love to hear from you. So uh, hit me up on the Divinity Equipment phone, the number 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. Did you watch the draft? If you didn't, you're one of the few that didn't. Just about everybody tuned in, it seemed like. What they say? Uh, what was that link I saw? 55 million viewers. I'll get into those numbers later. 55 million viewers for the NFL draft uh, this weekend. Just incredible. And you knew it was going to kind of be that way. There were some surprises, some pleasant surprises for like state fans. The fact that you get on into the seventh round, you had your quarterback, Tommy Stevens, drafted by many folks listening, their favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. Just an incredible happening there in the seventh round. And you got to, in a weird kind of way, there's a little bit of a crowded quarterback room uh, going into their offseason there with the Saints, but we love it. It gives us a reason to catch up uh, with them and, and keep up with them. There were unpleasant surprises. Zero players from Ole Miss taken in the NFL draft. Ever how many it is, 200 and something. Well, okay, so how many total? If you go to the seventh round and just look, who was the last pick? That would be Mr. Irrelevant, by the way. Uh, this year, Mr. Irrelevant was uh, inside linebacker Tay Crowder out of Georgia. Do I have that right? The Giants had the final pick of the draft. They took the linebacker out of Georgia, Tay Crowder, at pick number 255. A few picks before that was Brian Cole, who went in the seventh round to Minnesota. And then a few picks before that in the seventh round was Tommy Stevens to the Saints. So, uh, several familiar names right at the bottom of the draft. But you're talking about, you know, 250-something players taken, none of them from Ole Miss. So unpleasant surprise right there. Um, yeah, and there was some other curious stuff like Daryl Williams. Anthony's bringing that up on Facebook. Daryl Williams, the uh, offensive lineman out of Mississippi State, did not get drafted. Tyree Phillips went really, you know, way on up there, I guess, in the third round. And uh, as a as a tackle, but they said he was a guard. We'll see what he plays in uh, Baltimore. He will play. But Anthony brings it up. Daryl Williams did not get drafted, signs an undrafted free agent contract with the Chiefs. More on them in a bit. But the thing about it is they gave him a whole bunch of money in terms of signing bonus and a contract that's up over $100,000 is more than it, like, you know, base practice player stuff just to sign him out of college as an undrafted, and which tells you that outside of the draft, once it was over, there were probably several teams that were looking to sign Daryl Williams as an undrafted, and the Chiefs probably upped the amount just a little bit to make sure they signed him, wanted to sign him. And look, I, I'm just telling you, Daryl Williams is going to make the squad for the Chiefs, and he'll play, <laughs> even though he didn't get drafted. So there's all kinds of stuff uh, out there to take a look at in terms of this draft. But three players – from Mississippi State in the first three rounds. One in the second, I say the first three, between the second and third rounds. You had uh, Willie Gay, and then you had Cam Dancer to the Vikings, and then, of course, I mentioned Tyree Phillips, the offensive lineman, went to the Ravens. Uh, with the 63rd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Willie Gay, linebacker, Mississippi State. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Cameron Dantzler, 
Defensive back, Mississippi State. All right, Cameron Dantzler is interesting because he's a little bit undersized at 188 pounds. Third round, here we go. With the 106th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Tyree Phillips, guard Mississippi State. So there's those uh, first three picks for State in the draft. Uh, how many was it total? I mean, uh, five? So it was five total, and the other two were in the seventh. Yeah, I guess that's right. And then a bunch of un, you know undrafted free agent guys that are going to get an opportunity. And you know, uh, you know, there are certain positions. You know, undrafted free agent guys, late round picks that say like quarterback. You know, Tommy Stevens, for instance, late round draft pick by the Saints, and they even trade back in to go do that. It's interesting how that works out, but so seldom does that seventh round quarterback or undrafted quarterback go in there and make those teams. However. If you look at offensive linemen, because there are so many more spots for linemen. If you look at like linebackers, because there's you need more of them, and typically, and they always play special teams and safeties and that kind of thing. There's so many more opportunities, it seems like, for those guys as undrafteds to go and make teams. And so you look at them a little different. That's why, I like a Leo Lewis, who got uh, is getting a chance as an undrafted free agent with the Pittsburgh Steelers to me, is really interesting. I think about Cameron Lawrence a few years ago out of state. Cameron was a really good college player. Didn't get drafted. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Um, or or might have been a late-round pick, 6th, 7th, but somewhere in that range. But he went and was with the Cowboys for a good three, what, four years, somewhere in that range as a backup linebacker. But he's starting on every special teams unit. He's running down, covering every kickoff. He's covering every punt. And, and played in the NFL for a good little while. And, and made some money as a member of their team, had that experience. I think that's the kind of thing that a Leo Lewis could absolutely do is you know make a team like the Steelers as a backup linebacker and a guy who's playing on every special teams unit for them making tackles on special teams. So I think that's an opportunity. I really do. You know, defensive linemen, yeah, you see some of those too. So uh, we'll get into um, – we're going to get into some of that. Let me get to your text here, and then I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts on this draft because we got plenty of time. And there's two things that we want to look at. I mentioned pleasant and unpleasant surprises, so let's get into it. First up, Anthony said, why did Daryl Williams not get drafted? I would say, yeah, the raving about him at the, at the Senior Bowl. If you'll remember, Anthony, Daryl continued to have nagging injuries. He never had that one catastrophic like knee injury or something that took him out for a whole year. But think back to this past year, how many times upper body and lower body Daryl had to leave ball games, miss a quarter, miss two quarters, back in the next week. He's questionable this week. That it and I just really believe that, you know, he played so well, but I think there must have been questions about his durability and and we don't know anything about his physical and all that kind of stuff. I think a fully healthy Daryl Williams definitely gets drafted. And that's why the Chiefs paid him what they paid him to come in as an undrafted. They feel like he can play for them. It's just a matter of health and, and that physical. I think that's what it is probably for Daryl. Uh, LaShawn said, Tyree, from your hometown. So Grenada, you're a Grenada native. Uh, so, yeah, I think that th- there's there's opportunities both in and out of the draft. But let me go back. All right, so here was 
my perception of it. I see the Chiefs take Willie Gay in the second round with that pick. And immediately, I just it just hits me like it's just the right pick for them. It's the right pick for him. You know, frankly, as young as he is, he's coming out early with issues that he's had while in college. You know, you probably don't want Willie Gay going to Cleveland. I'm just going to be honest with you, right? You don't want that. You know, you probably don't want Willie Gay going to the Jets. Okay, you just don't want that. But, you know, you do want him going to Kansas City, coming off a world championship, Super Bowl championship, great culture, veterans in the defensive locker room, uh, guys who've been all around the world and now are tremendous examples for a guy like Willie Gay, like Tyron Matthew, the captain of that team on the defensive side. You think about everything Matthew's been through, much worse than anything Willie's ever been through. And you got Andy Reid, who's just never had any, outside of Terrell Owens that one year, Andy Reid's never had a team where he had issues with people. He's just, it's the right fit. And the Chiefs know what they're doing. They watch film. They watch this and go, this is the linebacker that we want, given where our picks are. I mean, they know they're not with the Super Bowl ring on their finger. They're not picking at the top of the draft. So that cat that's go the, the number one linebacker out of Clemson, he's going to be gone. And they made their mind up, okay, the top of this board is if we can get, this is our top linebacker that we're going to have a shot at, and that's Willie Gay. And if Willie had been picked before them, they go to the next guy, you know, at a position of need, the next best player on their board. He's there. They take him. It's just a perfect fit. Because Willie, that's a steal with where they're getting that athlete in the second round assuming that he matures and that kind of thing. And I love it, okay? I just love the pick. For that team, you add that kind of athleticism over there to that defense, I think it's a great pick for Kansas City. I really do. And I'm proud for Willie Gay, too. Ghost Pepper on the text line, 885-ESPN, says, allow me to put things in proper perspective, Matt. My son's peewee team had as many players drafted as Ole Miss did this year. Yeah, I'm going to get into that. Here's a question for you. What happened to Mississippi State's program in the last 10 years? Answer that question in your head and or text me or call me with your answer, and we're going to get into that in this hour. What happened to Mississippi State's program in the last 10 years? Okay, every year, multiple draft picks. They've had more people drafted in the top rounds of the draft of the last two, three, four, five years than they ever had before in their history. Winning, bowl games, we know all that kind of stuff. But how would you answer that question? Conversely, answer this question. What happened to Ole Miss's program in the last 10 years? What are those answers? How are they different? I'm going to come back to that. Micah in Texas listening and texting the show. Matt, boy, Ole Miss tore up the NFL draft this weekend, didn't they? Ha ha, hashtag Hale State. Yeah, they had a they had a bad draft. Well, bad as in bad as it gets, nobody taken. But how and why? And let me side note for everybody here at the top of the show, for every if you're watching this on Facebook or Periscope, or if you are listening, 
on ESPN Radio in Jackson, or if you are hanging on the phone line, anybody, anywhere, listen now. Two and a half, three weeks ago, whenever it was, I went on a rant about that dumb article written by a couple of ESPN writers about the Egg Bowl, pointing back to last year and Elijah Moore hiking his leg and quotes from Ole Miss coaches about how that's going to get us fired during the game, supposedly, which is bullcrap and all that kind of stuff. Sorry, I shouldn't say bullcrap. Sorry. Okay. And now, fast forward to now. And we just came off a draft with 255 players taking seven rounds, players throughout the country, Division I, Division II, JUCO and the like, punters and snappers and everybody, not one of them is a player drafted out of Ole Miss. Yet three weeks ago in an article on ESPN, y'all wanted me to believe what was in that article, that a kid's celebration is what got those coaches fired. Now, do you not see what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? They wanted me to believe in that dumb article, including quotes from these coaches, which were not true, but it's going to print anything, I guess, that that kid's celebration got that coaching staff fired. Fast forward to now, not one single Ole Miss player was developed into a draft pick out of 255 guys. You're the only SEC school without a single pick. Yet y'all wanted me in a dumb article on ESPN.com to believe that the celebration got the coaching staff fired. Maybe Ole Miss's strength and conditioning staff did a better job cheerleading on the sideline during the games than they did developing players other than D.K. Metcalf. Maybe D.K. Metcalf developed himself, he and his NFL dad, because outside of that, they did a terrible job, and this draft proved it. Jay in Baltimore on the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. What's up, Jay? Well, hey, man, I'll answer your question right now about what about Mississippi State in the last 10 years, and it's uh, two words, uh, not always a fan favorite, uh, but that's Dan Mullen. That's the answer. If you can bear with me, I'm going to let my dogs hey, out. Hey, who let the dogs out, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> They're barking yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, but, look, Dan Mullen's just got to get all the credit. Uh, without Dan Mullen, there's no Dak Prescott, but uh, I think the answer is that. But, hey, real cu- couple comments. Um, first of all, props to my hometown, uh, Cam Akers, number 20 in the second round. Absolutely. And the biggest surprise for me is really the non-selection of Shea Patterson. Mm. Uh, and then my only question, I'll leave it uh, for you, is uh, can you elaborate a little bit more on the structure and details around these unrestricted free agent contracts? Just not really familiar with that. You touched on it yeah. a minute ago, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Jay. I, I don't, I'm not all that familiar either. I just know these, you know, the UDFA undrafted free agent. It's Undrafted is one word. Why are we using the U and the D? <laughs> got to be UFA, right? Like UFO, UFA, undrafted free agent, whatever. Um, this is what I know. If they are unrestricted, then they the player can choose the team. There are many cases, Jay, where it is better for a player. Take Daryl Williams, for instance, the offensive lineman. 
with what the Chiefs gave him in terms of signing bonus and contract, the money, it's obvious there were other teams that wanted to sign Daryl. He's actually post-draft. He picks where he wants to go based on his own priorities. Is this team going to pay me more? I'll go there. This team's going to give me a bigger bonus. I'll go there. That team's got a better chance to, to get into their rotation. I'll go there. Sometimes it's better to be sitting just outside of that seventh round if you're a, a position player like that than to be taken inside of that seventh round where you don't really get to choose anything. They drafted you. You're theirs. Right? Restricted because they drafted you. That sort of thing. So uh, so there's different ways uh, to look at it. Yes, it all goes back to Dan Mullen. State's program is churning out NFL draft picks. It remains to be seen if that will continue. It, let me say it again. It remains to be seen if it will continue churning out NFL draft picks. But to this point, they have become one of the top programs in a country in turning out NFL draft picks. They're in the top half of the SEC this year, again, in the number of draft picks. Uh, Yahoo put an article out there today that Mississippi State's up there with Ohio State and LSU and Utah as having the most former three-star recruits drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. Will that continue is the question for Mississippi State. The question for Ole Miss is, what went wrong and how do we fix it? And how fast can you do it? Much more to get into. I'm Matt. Stick around. Back on the show. Now, I threw a question out there to you a minute ago. And that was, you know, twofold. On one side, very simply worded question. What happened to Mississippi State's program in the last 10 years? How would you answer that? Jay answered it on the phone. Many of you have texted me. Uh, Denzel and Sean Micah, y'all are all texting me the answer. Many comments on Facebook. I want you to know something. Please hear this. I'm going to come right back to your comments and your feedback on what happened to State's program in the last 10 years. I'm going to come right back to that to start the second hour of today's show. So in about a half hour, we're going to come back and jump full, you know, just neck deep into that discussion, including your comments and feedback on that that you've sent me already. I just want you to know. I'm not ignoring it. Right now, I want to go to that other side of the coin. What happened to Ole Miss's program in the last 10 years? Listen, it's not as simple an answer as pointing to one thing. Okay? It's not as simple for them. It's We go, okay, 2020 NFL draft, they had zero players drafted. They're the only SEC team to not have one drafted. What happened? Okay, it's not as simple as pointing to one thing, going, 
Well, it's youth. Okay, well, then there's got to be reasons why there's all this youth. I mean, they play in the SEC just like the other 13 teams. How come everybody else had somebody drafted? Mad male person said, said, crap, it, there wasn't but two players to draft from at Ole Miss. Youth. Okay, youth is part of it, but why youth? Okay, well, then we point to another thing. Maybe it's roster management. Maybe it's a rash of transfers one year. I mean, Shea Patterson was a senior this year, right? Let me ask you another question. Can we go back to how topsy-turvy, how just upside down it seemed the, the narrative and the situation was with that offense and changing? Of course, I, can't, I don't even know how to like follow the string of events because we got to go back to the coaching change and all that and then the recruiting under an NCAA umbrella and all this stuff. You remember when people snickered at the idea that Jordan Tamu might be better than Shea Patterson? Look, here's what I said, and I'll admit it. I said all along, hey, if Shea Patterson hadn't left Ole Miss, he'd be playing. I never, I, I didn't, I wouldn't know. I'm not going to their practices. I wouldn't know if Jordan Talmud is outperforming Shea Patterson in practice. But even now, even though it is, it is all, I mean, it's basically being proven before your eyes that Jordan Talmud may actually be a better player than Shea Patterson. Talmud didn't get drafted in the NFL, but he just played for St. Louis in this XFL, and now the Chiefs have picked him up. Who has picked up Shea Patterson? Shea Patterson, I mean, how many stages did he have to prove himself? Two at the Division I level? Two years as a starter at Michigan, I guess? And didn't get drafted. Okay, maybe he'll get the same shot. I'm sure he will. Somebody give him a shot in camp, right? Is he signed with somebody undrafted free agent? If he has, I just missed it. Okay, but go back to all that. Do you think I'm wrong when I say that, listen, given the scenario, if Shea Patterson had stayed at Ole Miss, he'd have been playing, not Tiamu. Well, why? If there were people in and around the program going, hey, this Tiamu kid's better. You see, do you get the kind of thing? You, you can point to a million things. The recruiting, yes. The, the turnover, you know, the transfers, the development. I don't want to hear anything about how, well, Ole Miss was young. Bull. They had a five-star defensive lineman. In Jones, coming out this year, he didn't get drafted. Where are the others? Okay, where are the players who, three stars, who've gone there and developed into a draftable player? Okay, there's a million things you point to, not just one thing. But what do all those things fall under for them? Now, again, I, I can assure you, there, there aren't a whole lot of Ole Miss fans that you know uh, probably care what, what, what my evaluation of their situation is. But there are some who are listening knowing that I, I'm just telling you the truth. Okay, and we've all been seeing it for a long time. All of those things I mentioned, lack of development, strength and conditioning, staff that 
seem to be just as concerned about running up and down the sideline and hooting and hollering during the ball games as they did actually getting guys better. Okay. You know, the the drama with the ouster of the head coach and the NCAA stuff, all this. And, and on that note, Matt commented on Facebook a while ago when I was talking about Leo Lewis. Matt commented and said, Leo does like money. Yeah, he does. You do too. I do too. I tell you, you know, in order to sign Leo, I, it's a good thing it didn't require uh, moving his family into town. Like the Taamus over there in Alabaster. Not Taamu. Like the Tongavaloas over there in Alabaster. Or like the Tunsils there in Oxford. Heck, at least with Leo, you get one player and you don't have to move the family into town. You get my drift, Matt? Okay, back to the conversation. All of those things that I mentioned regarding Ole Miss, what, they all fall under one big descriptor. And I've used this in regards to their program in years past. I've used this descriptor, this word, in regards to their program in the postgame shows of Egg Bowls. Multiple. And it's culture. Culture is one of those words kind of has a double entendre going on. You know, some people you talk about culture, you know, you're talking about seersuckers and mint juleps and, you know, sitting out on a park bench, crossing your legs, you know, listening to the birds chirp, reading Faulkner. To some people, that's culture. I think the kind of culture I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being cultured. I'm talking about yogurt. I'm talking about a culture that presides over the whole thing. Okay, they have lacked the a, a sustainable winning culture. Well, we won, went to Sugar Bowl. Hey, you tell me how you got there, and you tell me is that sustainable? The answer's already been given to you. No. And they've always fought it. I mean, it's just a perpetual thing at Oxford in that town and in that community, okay, and on that campus. It's a constant thing they are fighting, and that is instilling the kind of culture that'll last in a winning way. I got news for you. The only way it will work long-term is if it is blue-collar. If it is we outwork people. The only way it is long-term is, is if, if it is an approach of we're not chasing headlines. We're chasing results. We are playing the long game, not the short game. But they've never been able to do that. And a part of the reason is, in order to do that in a football program at Ole Miss, they'd have to fight against the culture on the campus and, and in the community around them. Heck, I mean, they should just watch Oxford High School. They figure it out. Why can't Ole Miss? <laughs> you think I may have gone, you may think I've gone off the reservation. That's fine. I don't care what you think. Because I know what's what. Gator Man. Prime example. 
on the country pleasing tech sign. Van Jefferson, who would have been a senior at Ole Miss, got drafted in the second round from the University of Florida, who just so happens to be coached by Dan Mullen. Van Jefferson better off sticking around Ole Miss going through that these last two years, which a lot of people wanted him to do, or is he better off doing what he did? We all know the answer. Okay, so it's not just one thing. It's many things that you point to. If you answer the question, what happened to Ole Miss's program over the last 10 years? You could say everything. <laughs> you could say everything happened to him in the last 10 years. But I do know this. Lane Kiffin and the current staff have a big job on their hands. They got to stop the teeter totter, first of all, and steady this thing and balance it where it'll float smoothly. And then they've got to develop a culture that is blue collar and outwork everybody else, or they'll be right back in this same boat. Now, we're going to flip it over to Mississippi State at 1 o'clock in the second hour. And when we do, that conversation is about continuing that. They've got it. They've had it. Blue collar, outwork everybody. We're playing the long game, not the short game. But how do you continue that? That's the real challenge. It's one thing to get there. It's another thing to not only stay there, but continue to move up. How? That's the question for State. Excellent comments coming in on Facebook, on the Country Pleasing text line, and elsewhere. We're going to get to all those coming up. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. Welcome back on the show. My man, Adam Scott, my good old buddy, old pal, Adam Scott. Not Adam Scott, the uh, the actor, you know, from Parks and Rec, who Beaver, I found out we're going to have a brand new Parks and Rec episode on Thursday. It's really cool. I'm looking forward to that, by the way. Not that Adam Scott. Not Adam Scott, the Masters winner, the golfer. No, Adam Scott, who is... The proprietor, is that the right? Well, he operates the Mississippi State University golf course, and he's enjoying the conversation today. And he wanted me to remind you, um, they are, as I said earlier, opening back up on Wednesday for golf. The golf course, Mississippi State University golf course, opening back up on Wednesday for golf, and they're having a big blowout sidewalk sale. Items are going to be 30% to 50% off, including a lot of the brand-new baseball logo stuff. That was going to be out there for baseball season. That unfortunately has been canceled. And so hit them up on Twitter if you need details there at Hale State GC. Hey, are you sleeping okay at night? Like I said earlier, I think last week, there's obviously there's things that can keep you up at night these days. What I mean, though, is a little more tangible. Are you not sleeping as well as you could because your mattress is just not as comfortable, you know, maybe as you hope or? Maybe as it 
once used to be. Check out Nest and Wild. Nest and Wild. Nestandwild.com, a great Mississippi company. They make all American-made mattresses and bases. So you get a mattress and a base from them from top to bottom, American-made. Every piece, every part, all American-made mattresses. Nestandwild.com. Every mattress they make is 12 inches thick, from the smallest size up to the biggest king size. Every one of them, 12-inch thick mattresses, not 8 inches thick, 10 inches like a lot of the ones you have now that you buy at other places. Listen, it's the best. My wife and I have one, and we could not be happier. The cool thing is, too, you order it online, nestandwild.com. It shows up at your house in three to five days. In a lot of cases, you have up to 99 nights to sleep on it to make a decision if you want to keep it or not. It's really a great deal. And if you'll use the code, use my code BULLY20, B-U-L-L-Y-2-0, BULLY20, you get 20% off the cost of a mattress and the base, and you'll get a free pillow top mattress pad with it delivered to your house. That's nestandwild.com. All right, back over to the conversation. Mailman David, who appears to be, he says us, so I think he's an old Miss fan. He says, what did blue collar slash Mississippi made get us losing records and zero draft picks? No, thank you. I'm not talking about just saying it, David. I'm talking about doing it. I'm talking about actually being blue collar. You know, like Mississippi State is. I'm talking about actually being Mississippi made, you know, like Mississippi State is. Not just saying it, not just throw the words up on a billboard. That's great. So I get your point, but your point in the text is very hollow because there's no substance behind it. That's a big part of the problem. That's a big part of the problem is the the decades-long chasing perception that has happened on that campus and in that program at Ole Miss in lieu of substance, in lieu of reality. It won't work. Your response, you said, okay, well, what has it gotten y'all? Again, no thank you. I want more. What do you want, David? Okay, you tried to outspend Georgia and Alabama. We're not there yet, are we? We're not in LSU. Apparently, we're not there yet. We're not. It takes decades, Clemson. I'm just going real talk here. Now, y'all send this all over the internet. Don't care. Run, tell them. Let's real talk here. Look at Clemson. It takes decades to build up a reputation that will allow you to go out and basically put a roster together with a payroll that can compete for a national championship and the rest of the country not bat an eye at it. That's the issue. You know it. The NCAA is a ghost we all believe in. It only reacts when you say its name three times in a Yahoo article. And that's the reality of it. They're not out here looking. But man, you you knock on their door enough, the ghost will come out and they'll Throw up a little show there to make you think that they are something. And that's what happened to you. Because you know what? You went from one of the worst programs 
in a Power 5 conference in the country for several years to the top in recruiting real fast. Okay, well, nobody bought it. Well, Matt, everybody else doing the same thing. Yeah, but it's believable. It takes a long time to build it up to the point that it's believable. So you want more? Okay, we'll build it up. How are you going to get there? You got to be consistent for a long time. You can't have, like we're on now, two stretches within one decade of being the worst program in the SEC. When Freeze took it over, and now when Kiffin's taking it over. Twice in a decade of runs of being at the bottom of the SEC. What are we going to do? Kiffin's going to go in there and flip a switch and have, next year have the number one recruiting class in the country? Okay, well, go ahead on. Maybe Georgia alums and Tennessee and Alabama alums will buy it. And therefore, the NCAA enforcement. Maybe they'll buy it too. Let's just go real talk here. You want it fast, you can't have it fast. It won't last. Exactly what I said a while ago. And I'll tell you this, David. Now, I, you know, literally and figuratively, I'm going to put on my Bulldogs hat now. You as an Ole Miss fan say, we don't want blue collar. We don't want Mississippi made because it didn't get us anywhere. Okay. Please keep on. From a Bulldog perspective, please keep on with that. You can have it. That's fine. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. That's good for you. You just keep on. Because it's working out just fine for us. Let's see here. Bully Bill on the Country Pleasing text line. Ole Miss fan will always be delusional. They still think they are from uh, they are Ole Miss from 1960. Newsflash, that was five decades ago. Squirrel. Mississippi State, lots of talent, zero championships to show for it. J.M. Baltimore. As a kid growing up in Mississippi, I always loved the fact that two of the best to ever play the game, Peyton and Rice, came from small schools, JSU and Valley. It just doesn't seem to happen as much anymore, at least on that level. You're right. Rooting for this kid drafted by the Patriots out of tiny Lenore Ryan early in the second round, Jay and Ball. I saw that too, Jay, and look, you know, leave it to the Patriots to make that pick, right? Squirrel, our resident Alabama fan who's texting us, he says, Mississippi State, lots of talent, zero championships to show for it. Squirrel, text me back right now. If you got any backbone whatsoever, you text me back right now the answer to this question. How much talent has Mississippi State had in comparison to Alabama and to LSU and to Auburn and to Texas A&M and compared to Florida and compared to Ohio State and compared to Clemson? Let's just stop right there. Seven, a good round number. Squirrel, text me the answer. Now. You fired one off. Mississippi State. Lots of talent. Zero championships to show for it. How much talent? It's your argument, not mine, Squirrel. I'm not the one arguing that Mississippi State had enough talent to win national championships. You did. 
you are the one who texted the dumbest text that we may have gotten on this show in two months. And now you don't want to back it up. That, my friend, that right there, I'm just going to tell you like it is. That right there is the kiss up to Paul Feinbaum, Alabama fan way. Right there. That's the way. Can be asked a very reasonable question with a very obvious answer, but won't answer it because you don't have a big enough set of shoulders to own up to answering your own question. Let's see. True Maroon, Ole Miss bragging about self-proclaimed championship from 1945, the most Ole Miss thing ever. And now Squirrel's saying, I'm sensitive. He, look at you, Squirrel. I'm telling you, it's the Alabama fan way. Number one, use a screen name. Don't want anybody to know who you are. And number two, won't actually carry on an, a conversation like grown-ups. Just kind of twist it and turn it and run from it, just like a scared squirrel. Uh, We're in rare form today on this Monday. Hey, speaking of that Mississippi State program, coming up next for Hour 2, we're going to answer that question. What happened to Mississippi State's program over the last 10 years? And Squirrel, don't bother. Stick around. 